Oh, Caleb, this one should be fun to talk about as we personally sit on opposite sides of the field on this issue. But as it turns out, there may even be some hope for folks like us. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is designed to help busy couples like yourselves move away from conflict and unhappiness to build a marriage you'll love today and treasure for a lifetime. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Learn how you can help save marriages, prevent divorces, and keep families intact by going to oyf.support. Once again, that website is oyf.support. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Valinda Simone Gundel from Only You Forever. Welcome to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you're looking for. We have a fun episode for you this week. This is episode number 143, and today we're going to be talking about what happens when introverts marry extroverts, which is a fairly common problem. Hey there, everybody. Before we get started, if you missed last week's episode, we discussed how menopause affects marriage. Something we don't have quite as much experience about. Certainly not myself. (laughs) And actually, we had a lot more downloads on that than I was expecting. Oh, really? Yeah. So I don't know if we kind of hit a chord there or what, but. Make sure you check that one out. And also make sure you hit the subscribe button in your podcast player so you don't miss any upcoming shows from us. I wonder if it's because like menopause is kind of the climax of hormones. Yeah. So we're still interested, even though we might not have got there yet. Oh, I see. Yeah, that could be. I don't know. Could be. Anyways, if you're struggling with your marriage, we offer sound research-based advice and we do so in an educating, entertaining way that provides hope to thousands of marriages every week. So Caleb... Yes, Let's ma'am. get started into the topic of introversion and extroversion. Yeah, so I think we should uh, just stay for the interest of full disclosure that I am the introvert in our coupleship. Yeah. And you would be the extrovert. Mm-hmm. But I think that's changing. I think you're becoming more extrovert and I'm becoming more introvert. I don't know. I still like to have my little chat in the corner like with one person, whereas you get a buzz out of a crowd. Well, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, but we are going to talk about how personalities We're going to talk about personality convergence today. Okay. So I'll explain what that is. All right. A little bit. So let's talk about this. Can introverts and extroverts get along? And I'm happy to say that, yes, we can get along. Mm -hmm. And we do. And what I really enjoyed about the research on this episode is that it confirms what we suspected, but it also has some very useful insights for both, uh, both for those who marry similar personality types and those who marry other personality types in terms of the introversion, extroversion side of things. Okay. So a 2007 study showed that similarity in the big five personality traits, of which introversion and extroversion was one of them, that predicted higher relationship quality. Similarity, better relationship quality. Wow. Okay. However, emotional similarity, they found what, that to be a strong mediating variable. And let me just explain that. Emotional similarity is the idea of experiencing and expressing similar emotions. And this was a mediating variable in the link. So it, it, it modulated how those two things impacted each other. So even if couples differed in personality, for example, one was introverted, the other was extroverted, they can still function as well as a couple who would be more similar. And the way that they can function as well as a couple who would be more similar in terms of introversion, extroversion is by being similar on an emotional level. Okay. Am I making sense? Yeah, it just took a lot of words to get there. Sorry. So this emotional similarity helps partners react to events in similar ways and feel understood by their spouse. Mm, okay. So they're they're going through life and they're engaging, they're seeing it and they're experiencing it a lot of it the same way. That's okay. what the emotional similarity is about. 
Okay. Can we just go back to like, what is an introvert versus an extrovert? Oh, that's a good question. So I would say that an introvert is a person who would use more energy interacting with large groups of people would prefer to discuss, have like a discussion with one or two people that went deep Mm -hmm. where an extrovert would prefer to be in a group of people and talking with several people at once and would draw energy from the group of people. So they would come needing energy to the group and the introvert in a group, they would leave with less energy. So it's just about whether they're kind of giving or taking energy from groups of people is mostly how I see it. I think there's also ways that we characterize it in terms of like outgoingness. Yeah. So an extrovert is more outgoing and introvert is not as outgoing. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any other thoughts on that? No, but I, well, yeah, I do. Because though even just the way you said it it was like, well, an an extrovert comes needy to the conversation. (laughs) I, well. That is what you said, but I don't Is that what I actually said or is that how you perceived it? No, no, no. You totally said that. I don't know. And and yet, and then you said an introvert, you know, they ex- expend their energy. So they leave with less energy than they started with. So that part I can understand, but I, I kind of. So I'm pathologizing extroverts. Uh, well, I know some extroverts that are really messed up. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but I just, I don't think it's fair. So let me. To I, say. May I have another pass at it? Okay. Well, can I finish first? Yeah, sure. I don't think it's fair to say that we come needy to a conversation. That's like I don't come to a group of people because I need something. Like I get energized in a group of people, right. but it's not that I come with no energy. Well, I mean, sometimes I do, but it's not that I come every time because I need something. Fair enough. And okay. I apologize for mischaracterizing your, your tribe. <laughs> but, but what? You generally, um, other than sort of the anticipatory, like the excitement energy of coming to the group, you leave with more energy than you come with. Oh, Absolutely. So I come with more energy than I leave with. Yes. And I think that's the difference between introverts and extroverts. Yeah, I agree with that. And I will no longer call it neediness in front of you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay. So uh, generally folks, uh, we're talking about similarity because this, I mean, this is our kind of the question behind our question is can introverts and extroverts get along Mm -hmm. when they get married, right? And we're proving that it's marginal. (laughs) So generally, okay. folks do not choose spouses with similar personality types. So if you look at the Myers-Briggs personality type, a lot of yeah. people know about this under different names. It's sometimes called the Curacy Sorter. It's sometimes on the internet, it's been popularized as the 16 personality types. It's a four-letter code okay. that describes your personality uh, in one of 16 buckets. So if you look at them, introversion and extroversion is one of the four dimensions. It's the first one, yeah. the E or the I in that scale. And it's most common for couples to share two of the four parts and differ on the other two. Hmm. This is a study from 93. A small study based around that showed that differences in personality types was not linked to marital difficulty and being opposites on introversion, extroversion specifically did not predict any specific problems in marriage. Okay. So it's okay to be different is what I'm saying. Another Mm -hmm. study uh, about six years later supported this finding. So it does look like introverts and extroverts can get along just fine. Lucky Mm -hmm. us, right? Mm -hmm. However, there is one interesting caveat, which another study found that levels of neuroticism and emotional instability for wives... Why are you laughing already? (laughs) I'm trying not to. Okay. I'm going to listen. Open-minded. Yeah, just trying not to be... And not needy. Or neurotic. (laughs) Or emotionally unstable. (laughs) So levels of neuroticism and emotional instability for wives were significantly linked to the degree to which the couple was apart on the introversion extroversion scale. The same was not true for husbands for some reason. So having one spouse who's highly introverted and one who's highly extroverted could lead to emotional instability for the wife. Oh, so what I'm getting from this 
is that it's your fault if I'm ever emotionally unstable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's what, that's a valid conclusion, dear. So. <sighs> Seriously? Delusion, of course, being a feature of neuroticism. <laughs> The mediating factor in this effect was thought to be communication. So okay. highly divergent couples showed lower rates of intimate communication and agreement. So this is what's actually going on, I think. Oh. It's because their personality types are so different on this particular scale. They're not talking as much. Hmm. And, and so, I mean, there's good, there's good news here, I think, because it just says the way to solve this problem is to be more communicative which is just a skill that people can yeah. learn. And so this, this difference and the impact on the marriage is not embedded in personality. It's just reflective of personality. It's embedded. It's indicative of the need for better communication skills, hmm. which can be learned, which means that there's nothing wrong with each other. It's just right. we need this tool and we need to get better at it in our marriage. Mm -hmm. So if our listeners find themselves there, the answer is to step up your communication game, which I think is a much better conclusion to have than to think that, you know what, we're just too different and we can't make this work. And I'm going to be emotionally unstable for the rest of my life. Right. Not, yeah. <sighs> Let's move on. <laughs> so what makes for a happy introvert-extrovert marriage? We'll see if I can get through this without stumbling over those words all the time. So there's an interesting study of over 300 couples who reported that they had happy marriages. And the researchers looked at the common characteristics of marriages where one spouse was extroverted and the other introverted. And then they looked at marriages where they were the same. Okay. okay. So we're going to kind of compare these side by side as we go through here. So the first group is, is like you and I, one extrovert, one introvert. Okay. The second group is they're similar. They're either both introverts or they're both extroverts. Okay. Okay. So in the first group and the second group, they both had close intimate relationships with each other and family members. That was the same. Okay. Now, in the first group, they tended to have more separate friends. That's the divergent group. Mm -hmm. And the similar group had more joint friends, hmm, which is interesting. Yeah. The first group, in terms of conflict, they solved them through negotiation as and when the issue arises. And generally, the second group did the same thing. Okay. The dissimilar group had fewer common leisure activities. And the second group had many shared leisure activities. I wonder okay. if that's reflective of the preference for group activities or individual activities. Oh, I don't really know. Yeah, yeah. That would be interesting to explore more. The dissimilar group had moderate levels of expressions of love. The similar group had frequent expressions of love. Oh, that's totally bogus. It's, it, I mean. It was <clears throat> reflective of those 365 marriages. Right, right. It's not reflective of ours, thankfully. Mm -hmm. Number six, there was joint decision-making in the dissimilar couples but the extroverted spouse was responsible for economic management more often than not, which is true of our marriage. <laughs> yeah, that's it's interesting. Funny, eh? yeah. I don't know what the connection is there. Whereas on the similar group, they, they shared all decision-making and money management. Huh. So go figure. Yeah. So these are features of, of happy marriages, right? So it doesn't matter which one you are. You can still have a happy marriage. Right. Phew. They just look a little different is all we're saying there. And it's okay. Right. So while we're on this topic, though, let me just give some tips for success in marriages where you're paired introvert, extrovert. You're in that dissimilar group. Okay. One is to accept and appreciate your differences. So here's a quote from researchers. Although these differences provide fertile ground for increased conflicts, they also provide balance and potential for growth, which I think is great reflection yeah. because it says you're able to challenge each other. You can, so you can choose how you see those differences. Is it something to appreciate as variety or something to be dissatisfied with? Mm -hmm. You know what, Caleb? That is even so true. In our marriage, like I used to get so dissatisfied with the fact that like you would, after being with a group of people, like you would need a nap or you just need some total downtime to just to recharge. 
and that used to drive me crazy. Hmm. But now it's like, well, no, that's okay. Right. She I don't just know. made it's a change of her. mind. Yeah, right. it's just been a change of mind. I realize that it's okay for us to be different. We don't have to be the same. Right. Right. But it did take me a little while to get there. Yeah. It's okay. We made it. No. Well, that kind of ties to the second thing here, which is understanding your own and your spouse's personality and the factors which affect those personalities, right? So, Mm -hmm. you know, some people's levels of introversion and extroversion are influenced by their energy levels or the specific situation they're in. So it's just watching how your spouse plays through the different circumstances Mm, is important, right? Yeah. And understanding that. And then I think there's also the aspect of committing to personally develop and grow. So introverts can aim to expand their social world and gain new experiences from the outside world. Like I've, mm-hmm. I'm trying to learn to be more excited like you get mm-hmm. and to learn to enjoy groups more. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and the researchers, they said, you know, extroverts can also find themselves building a richer inner world. So taking time to be quiet and reflective and building that part of their lives can be a growth area for them that they're challenged on by their introverted spouse. Right. Does that make sense for you? That totally makes sense. And then number four, understanding the importance of give and take. And in terms mm-hmm. of, I think socializing is the biggest thing that we notice this on, right? Time together, decision making, these things. Like the introvert's going to need some quiet times. The extrovert's going to need some group times. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So there's some give and take that happens there. And then there's the idea of combining and playing to your strengths. So if one of you is better at dealing with certain social situations, or if one of you is more thoughtful and takes longer to reach a decision on something, then acknowledge and utilize these strengths in your marriage. Mm -hmm. So just play to them instead of fighting them. That's good. And yeah. And so on this line, we expand on this in our bonus guide available to our patrons this week. And the guide helps you actually negotiate your way to a happier acknowledgement of the difference that exists between introverts and extroverts between you guys so you can get this by becoming a a patron of the marriage podcast for smart people and we'll just take a quick 60 second break here to tell you more about that what happens when the fairy tale marriage meets reality too often high expectations lead to disappointment communication breaks down and the struggles of day-to-day life become overwhelming leaving you feeling lost and without hope Unfortunately, marriage does not come with an instruction manual. Marriage troubles are deeply personal and can take a toll on you, your spouse, and your family. Counseling can be expensive and divorce is very costly. It doesn't have to be this way. Caleb and Valinda understand your pain and frustration. Their mission is to help save as many marriages as possible. And to date, thousands of couples are helped through their weekly podcast. But the most important marriage they want to help save is yours. With a minimum of a $10 investment a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Learn more about saving marriages and how you can help at OYF.support. That's OYF.support. You're listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. Before the break, we are giving you some tips for success in introvert-extrovert marriages. Marriages. <laughs> that was difficult. Yeah, that did. All, All right. right. Introversion and extroversion, they also change over time. Now, this is worth noting too, because we often see personalities being fixed, especially in others and especially when we're frustrated with them. Hmm. But these traits can change over time. So a 2006 study looked at 1,130 participants over eight years and found that increases in extroversion increased relationship satisfaction. Okay. I'm curious about this because I think that we have changed. Well, to me, that seems to show that the introvert is learning to be more social. Yeah. However, as an introvert myself, I don't want to imply that there's something wrong with introversion. (laughs) 
and that extroversion is like the gold standard that we all need to aim for, mm-hmm. right? Like I adore my extroverted wife. You're the gold standard for me, baby. Oh, but you get my point, right? Like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with one or the other. Right, they're just different. So I don't want to pathologize introversion or give any like ammo to extroverted people because we all know they'll use it against us. What do you mean by that? <laughs> I'm just yanking your chain. All right, but I think this is true. Why? Well, just from experience. Right. And this is where I come back to what we mentioned at the start, though, the phenomenon of personality convergence. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So spouses generally become more similar in terms of personality over time. Hmm. Becoming more similar in personality traits such as extroversion, introversion, increases relationship satisfaction while becoming less similar led to steep drops in marital satisfaction. So if you start to polarize in your personality. So if... Again, if at the start of our marriages, there are major differences in extroversion and introversion, those traits can shift over time. Yeah. Right? And But it kind of becomes like, are we going to to work together on this? Or are we going to polarize about this? And I think it ties back to some of the er- earlier things about just the way we see those differences. Mm, okay. Do we see them as complementing each other? Right. And as growth areas and a way to challenge each other, or do we see them as, you know, this is a problem and a fundamental issue that's fixed in your personality that I'll never be able to change and therefore... Or you need to change. Yeah, and you can't Hmm. without splitting off a part of yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not now getting into a fight over who should change, but let's help each other grow. So we need to think about these things in a healthy way Yeah. too, right? Yeah. And then... Go ahead. Can we go back? Okay, so you talked about like how an introvert can change and grow and, you know, become more social, things like that. Yeah. Well, how can an extrovert grow? Well, because the extrovert, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, because this is not my inner world, right? Okay. Because the extrovert draws energy from others and from being in social situations and from interaction, they may not have as much, or they may not lend as much um, value to quiet time to reflect on their inner world and their Mm, self-awareness is not as, because they become more connected with that as they're interacting with others. Okay. So one way they can grow is to learn self-reflection. Okay. Whether this is like meditation or prayer or journaling, just taking time to be with yourself Hmm. and not needing to always draw that that reflective uh, perception or learning from others, but Hmm. in solitude. Mm -hmm. So do you think, this is kind of sidebarring your whole podcast here, but do you think that extroverts like need their validated by others? Is that... Or is it just actually like because they enjoy it, they just get energized by it? I think it's probably both sometimes. Yeah. It would just be dependent on like how integrated your personality is and developed. You know what I mean? You're like your emotional maturity because okay. by all means, do we see introversions drawing validation from crowds? Yes. I think we've all seen that, right? Okay. So you, like some people need to go get their buzz, get their fix in, but it's, it's, it's like, it's like trying to speak into a core woundedness, right? But there are okay. also wholesome extroverts, like that are whole people. Their personalities are integrated whole. They don't need that, mm-hmm. but they do that from for the joy of it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Does that answer your question? Yeah, I think so. All right. So tied to this is this issue of social support, right? So because this whole introvert extrovert thing is the most obvious in social situations, right? Yes. And we have to consider this in light of the marriage too. So it's a well-established fact that social and emotional support is one of the most important factors in a happy marriage. Mm -hmm. So now just follow me here. Extroverts, they offer more social support and they perceive themselves as having more support than introverts. Okay. The same study also found a positive correlation between extroversion and stress, however. 
So when extroverts have lowered feelings of belonging and lowered perceived availability of support, then they're more likely to feel stressed. Huh. Now, do you mind if I give a personal example of you in this? Um, you have no idea what's exactly. I have no idea what you're going to say. Okay, go for it. A couple of days ago, like we've been on a year long road trip, yeah. right? And the thought, we kind of got confronted with the possibility of being back with our home people. Oh, yeah. And you started to feel stress over acceptance because we've been disconnected from that group yes. for a while. Yes. And that just didn't kind of register on me. And right. I think that's an introversion, extroversion So difference. I had that stress. Right. Where you didn't because, think of it. Because you're questioning your belonging. Huh. Which is more, more of a concern for extroverts than introverts. Okay. So good introverted husbands then would want to be intentional... <laughs> I probably fell asleep when you're talking about would want to be intentional about supporting their extroverted spouses as a way to help buffer them from stress, huh, especially if there's, there's some degree of isolation involved in that stress. So for example, even apart from our situation, think about like a family sickness where the extrovert somehow is involved with the care of that sickness or is the sick person and they're not mm -hmm. getting out as much, or maybe the extrovert is under some business or career stress and they're working long hours and they're, they're withdrawn from their social network because yeah. of this, right? Sometimes you'll have to remind your extroverted spouse in that situation that they do belong, that they are appreciated. Like you'll have to, there's some reassurance that can bolster them in these situations hmm. and that they matter not just to you, but to a host of people. And I think this is necessary because extroverts are more likely to draw energy from their social network. Right. So they're kind of saying, is my battery pack still going to be there? Huh. What do you think? Interesting. So that's good. Now the last one is conflict style. And I'm just kind of laughing because I did. Why are you already laughing? Well, because this is somewhat true of us. There's differences in conflict style between introverts and extroverts. So hmm. a study from 96, 98 looked at 461 participants and they measured them for personality types and conflict style. And they found that extroversion is correlated with the integrating style of conflict. Oh dear. What does that mean? Integrating is like where you're kind of pulling stuff together. Okay. It's a good thing. Good. Extroversion is negatively correlated with the avoidant conflict style. So extroverts are not going to avoid <laughs> conflict. Right? Yeah. They're, they're heading for it. Okay. Uh, but extroversion is positively correlated with a dominating conflict style. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Which I would tend to agree with based on what I've heard. So <laughs> extroversion is linked to an integrative. So that it's more like the extrovert tends towards this collaborative conflict style, right? It make, and the positive is it makes you less likely to avoid conflict. Okay. But it's also linked to the dominating conflict style. So in the, in the introvert-extrovert couples, the extrovert may come to dominate the introvert in terms of conflict resolution. Now, I think the point here is just to be aware of this dynamic. And again, to seek to be, to both of us, to be respectful of the differences as well as being willing to be challenged ourselves, right? So okay. as, an, as an introvert or an extrovert, so should the introvert always roll over and play dead? No, not necessarily. But the introvert, I think the converse of these things is, is reflective of the introvert. So the introvert is more likely to be avoidant and they need to be willing to step into the issue rather than always avoiding it, mm -hmm. right? Which is where I would tend to step back and we hope it'll blow over. That's more our style, right? As introverts. Okay. And I'm not asking extroverts to avoid conflict, but to pursue the collaborative especially and to be more self-aware about the need to come out on top in conflict. So that need to be right or to have the last word, that can get frustrating for your introverted spouse. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to have the last word on that? For well, I'm just trying so hard not to like argue. Go for it. We can, we can validate the research right here. Yeah. 
I know this is frustrating for you, and I'm not, it is. I'm not trying to buttonhole you in front of ten thousand people or anything, but oh no, go ahead. But Please. this is so right. Is like, this fair? I like to be right. You do. I do. You certainly do. And it drives me crazy when I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, the stupid thing is, though, is that I, I don't avoid either. Like I walk into it whether I'm right or wrong. What are you humming over there? <laughs> I feel like I'm lying on your couch or something. No. Yeah. Hmm. So when you're encouraging me to be less defensive. Yes. That's like talking to the extrovert that you don't always have to come out on top. Right. I'm just trying to open up your... When I do that, I'm just saying, hey, like expand the mind a little bit here. And so that's frustrating for you. Yes. Huh. Like, I, which is where I would fall into the negative part of the introvert side of things. And I would just throw in the towel and say, forget it. That would, that would be an avoiding conflict style. Mm. Right. So it's on me too, baby. Mm-hmm. Right. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> interesting. Interesting. So it's really, it is quite fascinating how this does play out in conflict styles and how much like we have to, like, I have to challenge myself not to roll over and play dead. Or to come back with like, or to get nasty and ugly either, right? But to like actually come back with a genuine challenge that invites you to think about this a different way. Huh. Rather than getting nastier. Well, that is definitely something to think about. Indeed. I didn't even know it was frustrating for you. Oh, well, now we do. But so, that means that now I have to like be self-aware and change. Uh, that's brutal. I know. I don't know why I listen to these podcasts. You shouldn't. <laughs> okay. Are we good? Yes. Uh, sort of. So we, we'd like to thank Shauna for becoming a patron of the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. We love you, Shauna. And we want to also shout out a huge thank you to those who left us reviews on iTunes since we last recorded. Do I get to read it? Yeah, this is a short one, so you better make it emphatic. Okay. Great information. Five stars. Is that good? Uh, maybe a little too much. Uh-huh. It could be your extroverted side coming out. <laughs> this is from the Grady 80 from the United States says informative and insightful podcast. So thank you for that. Thank you. Grady 80. Next week, we're going to be talking about fear. Is fear Ooh. wrecking your marriage? It's often an invisible, but a very powerful force in our relationships. Yeah. That'll be interesting. Let's do, um, every once in a while, we need to make a disclaimer. So let's do okay. that today. Okay. So as podcasts can be subscribed to and accessed all over the world, Psychoeducational podcasts such as ours should include a disclaimer to the effect that they are a self-help tool. Was I not supposed to read that part? I have no idea, Caleb. Well, this is a self-help tool, people, and it does not replace individual counseling or represent an attempt to solicit clients from jurisdictions where I do not have the legal ability to practice. And further, they are not intended for those experiencing severe symptoms such as suicidal thoughts for which emergency help should be sought. That's Just a good so disclaimer. Know. Good. But that's all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes at oyf.link slash 143. Find out how you can help support marriages, other marriages too. Go to oyf.support. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is totally funded by listeners who support Caleb and Valinda in their mission to save marriages. If you would like to be part of this worthy cause, open your web browser to oyf.support. A minimum investment of $10 per month will help restore hope to married couples. Plus, as a patron, you'll gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Go to the website oyf.support now for more information. Thanks for listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People from Only You Forever. 